Kia ora and welcome to the New Zealand Small Business and Entrepreneur Festival podcast, where our guests provide awesome tactics and insights to help move your business towards its aspirations. Episode number 10 of the New Zealand Small Business and Entrepreneur Festival podcast, delivered to you by DHL Connecting Your Business to the World. Today, we're again very, very lucky to have Adrian Bigby and Huya. Manuel from Prosper, and we're going to be talking about small business lending, the do's and don'ts, and we're going to get some really good insights for you. So without further ado, I will bring both Adrian and Julia. Hi. Hi. Hi, how are you? I'm very well. I'm like like always, I'm calling from Rotorua. To my left, I've got Adrian. Where are you in New Zealand? Oh, sorry, I'm in Torbay in Auckland. And Julia? I'm in North Canterbury, Leithfield Beach, beautiful part of the world. Oh, wow. Down south. Nice, nice, nice. Today, we're going to be talk- talking about small business lending, some some smart options and some not so smart options to think about. Like we do on most of our podcasts, we, I always like to try and get um, to know you guys a little bit more. So, Adrian, I'll start with you. If it's okay, it would be awesome if you could talk to us about your first ever job, your first ever paid job, not a professional like career career job, but just a job. And then a little bit of a, an origin story to get to where you are now. And then I'll, I'll hand it over to Julia and then you can do the same. That's okay. So where yeah, you no, that's excellent. Thanks, Craig. First ever job, I was 14. So I started out working for my mum's friend. So I was the post girl, has to go and pick up the post. Good old, good old days. We actually got physical post. You used to have to wander down to the post shop, pick it up, bring it back, hand it around around the office, make everyone a cup of tea. So my sister did that job. She's 12 months older than me. Then I did it. And then my brother did it as well. So we all we all started there. And then from there, I traveled overseas for quite a bit. And then I got involved in mortgages. So I was in a um, non-bank mortgage business for uh, um, a couple of years before I came up to Auckland. I was in Nelson. I'm actually from the South Island. So I was in Nelson then. Came up to Auckland and started with Gemworth. So the mortgage insurer. So I was with Gemworth for 11 years. Um, half of that in New Zealand, half of it in Australia, then moved into mortgages, Resimac. So Huey and I both came from Resimac, the, not, the non-bank mortgage provider for New Zealand. I was there for eight years and now been at Prosper for nearly three. Cool. Okay. So I saw the question and I went last night and I sat there and I went through all the, I went first job and all the jobs I've had. <laughs> so Prosper is my job 25. Oh, wow, yeah. I know, I know. The last 15 years has been with three companies. So as Aid said, there's Prosper, which is amazing. Um, before that, we're at Resimac Home Loans, which was phenomenal. And then before that, I was with the Westpac Group, Bank SA in Australia, and that was for 10 years. So um, out of the 25, the last 15 years, there's, there's been three companies. But um, <laughs> my first job was a mobile video van. Remember those? So my auntie... Oh, yeah. Had that so I'd go around and do the videos and swap them out and make sure they're all rewound and make sure we got the right videos back um, instead of someone subbed videos, you know, so put them in the cap yet to check all that. <laughs> um, but when I look through the whole 25 jobs I've done, there's there's some prevalent things that come out. So, and out of those four times I've been self employed, so uh, bought into pubs, had a restaurant, uh, did massage therapy at a time, um, worked as a uh, nursing, croupier, yeah, so <laughs> all my roles have actually been really people-facing, uh, helping people, uh, you know, helping people to help people, and um, 
I'll leave it with like I've always left a business better than when I started in it. That's a good that's a good trait to have. <laughs> so my next question I'm gonna ask and you both as well is if you could let me know what your favorite brand is and why that brand is your favorite and I will let's go alphabetically and Adrian, I'll go over to you. Thanks, Craig. Favorite brand, that's a that's a tough one. So if you ask me today in my current world, it would probably be Malfoy Gin. <laughs> but that's, that's, that's not my lifetime favorite. So I haven't been drinking since I was five. <laughs> if you ask me my lifetime favorite brand, it would have to be Lego. So Lego is one. So I have three children, one who's 17, one who's 14, and one who's five, and have spent many, many hours of my life making Lego, breaking Lego, making Lego, breaking Lego, and have thoroughly enjoyed it. So it's a, um, a strategic thing to do. It's building. It's spending time with the kids. So that would have to be my favourite. This is a great question. And so even talking through it, it's like, oh, I, I mean, I have to always be like go homegrown, have to go old school, um, has to be something that like provides lots of happy memories. We're coming into summer, so there's all that nostalgia. Um, and a brand with longevity and also still a go-to, so the quality has to be there. Um, and I was born in Rotorua too, so we always travelled up north for holidays. And uh, so we'd be travelling from Rotorua to Northland and then you come around the corner and you'd see the big tip-top building and you thought ice cream and pokey-pokey and fruit juice and uh, it's halfway to Auckland and uh, halfway to Northland and hopefully we stop at the fish and chip shop soon and get that and, and also an ice cream on the way. They've had some really cool campaigns in the over the years um, with the with the trumpet and things like that as well. well yeah, that's right, because you think, like, you don't think tip-top, you think, what do I love? Hokey pokey, I love fruju, I love, you know, I love those things. So they, they sell on their product, which is phenomenal and it, it like, you know, goes back to all those heartstrings so yeah so today we're going to be focusing on business lending and, and all parts of that and what and really get get into the definition of what that is but before we move into the sort of serious stuff um can you tell us a little bit about what prosper is and you can both just rip off this a little bit yourselves so prosper so we are a fintech so some people that don't know what that is so it's financial technology um so fintech online business lending is what we do so we're nine years old in Australia and nearly three years old in New Zealand. So we've been here for three years. Um, so it's it's an extraordinary business. So as I said, I was in insurance before and then in mortgages and then we came over to Prosper. So I came over and then pulled Hui over with me because um, it's an extraordinary business and the process and the technology and the people are just amazing. So second to none of any business I've ever worked in. Um, the technology, so basically a customer, uh, they're going to go looking for funding. They can find us multiple ways. So we're online, we do radio, we do TV, so they can, they can hear about us multiple ways. Um, but then they come to us, we use our, um, we've got our own credit decision engine, so we, we can make a decision within 15 seconds. Or we've, so we, we use all um, real-time data, so we're actually looking at a business today. So, um, and we'll talk about challenges later, but one of the key things that we do that's different is we're making a decision based on how healthy that business is today not two years ago's financials, not last year's financials, not on a business forecast. We're actually looking at what has happened in that business right now, and then we can tell them how much they can afford to lend under our model. So we can do that, our system can do that within 15 seconds, and then we do it all online, so it's all sustainable, it's all scalable, 
And then um, while we're talking to the customer, we can send them, once it's approved and they accept it, we can send them their documents on DocuSign and they can have the funding in their account within 24 hours, if not same day. We have deals come in in the morning and they've got the money in their account the same day. And um, so the other key point to that is it's also unsecured. So we don't take assets up to 100,000, 150,000 now who we are. Um, we do lending. We do lending from five thousand up to five hundred thousand. So we don't take an upfront security up to one hundred and fifty thousand. After that, we just take a GSA on the on the business. Yeah, and to two, like to Adrian's point, up to two hundred and fifty thousand, we can do the approval using our credit decision engine, looking at the business last eight to twelve months business bank statements. It takes away the need for all of that extra paperwork that every self-employed customer is used to having to provide. To their, to their typical vendors. Um, I'll also like, I'll add to that, I suppose we might come to it, but um, just a quick thing about Prosper and what Aid's saying. So that investment in technology and the service, I think another key driver um, for our two founders was about providing an awesome service to business customers because they're not used to having a great um, experience when they apply for funding either. Uh, and so if you look at trustpilot.co.nz Prosper, you can see feedback from our customers um, online daily, and it's amazing. Yeah, it's quite extraordinary. And as a business, we all listen to those. So one, we we have the trust pilot, but then we also um, record calls. So some of the some of the calls are extraordinary. Like we have customers crying on the phone. I didn't know I could get this funding. Um, thank you so much. I've I've had some respect, and you know some of the traditional lenders aren't necessarily as um as fast or as kind. Um, as as what we are, so we have a, we have a real people focus. So people internally, so we've got a great culture when it comes to people. So we have a one team, um, very flat structure. So there's about 260 people in Australia. We've got about another 65 in the Philippines, and we've got five here. Um, so flat structure. If you have a problem, you can call the CEO. People can call me direct. People can call who you direct. So it's a real people focus, but that comes through to our customers as well. What are the different types of lending? for a small business? I mean, really, if we think about it, um, so a business owner would generally have a business bank account and their own personal bank account. So the first put of call they might think about is going to their own bank where their bank accounts are. Um, then you've got um, people that also have mortgages and home loans. So typically, or historically, they would add on an adjunct to that and lend against their, you know, use their mortgage or use their home to, to do their business lending. Um, there are invoice finances in the market, and then there are also asset lenders, again, who specialise in equipment finance. But before Prosper arrived, uh, you would see business having to get personal loans, personal lending in their own names, and you'd also see customers having to use credit cards. Uh, they'd have to use their own savings. They wouldn't pay themselves. Um, or, or they'd use the bank as family to be able to get um, access to funds. So if a small business gets a loan, or borrows some money through their the bank that they're using for where they've got their mortgage, by default, does the bank um, use their house as a guarantee or, or do you sign up to that? The, the traditional lenders will always generally try and tag an asset to their lending to add more um, security for themselves, call it less risk averse. But the beauty of Prosper and technology and our credit decision engine, our security is in the real-time data we use and the confidence we have in our decisions. So we don't need to grab on um, to any security we can to try and protect ourselves. Got it. That makes sense. 
Yeah, makes sense. So, so what I'm hearing you say is that a bank needs to have something physical, something that they could potentially get back off you if the default if on payment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But then with your your model, the fintech model is that they look at the ecosystem that you're currently in, the amount of money um, or revenue that's coming in and going out, and then they can assess the situation in 15 seconds. I think I saw something like you do 450 index points in a second or something like that. Um, and <laughs> you can make you can make a decision really quickly. Yeah, um, and and I mean the the beauty of that is like if we get a business customer in today because of the amount like if, with the business been running in Australia for ten years, been here in New Zealand for three years, and we've got tens of thousands of customers. So if we get a business customer in today, we've seen that same customer with four hundred with the same kind of enough data points to understand where they sit in our risk profiling and and what we can lend. Um, and for how long, and um, and determine that that servicing and affordability. Uh, but also, you know, in Australia, every single state has had their own set of different lockdown times and rules, as with New Zealand has within Auckland and outside of Auckland um, in the last, you know, two years. And so all of that data and our whole technology and credit team have have worked on that. And, and so that's what we mean by real-time data. That's why we can take a look at the last eight months, business bank statements or 12 months, and we can go, okay, business in North Canterbury, before this latest lockdown, your average monthly turnover was 30, 35,000 a month. Cool. Okay, we can see you were shut down for level four for two weeks. There was no income. We can see at level three, okay, you could get back to trading, but you're only trading at 50%, understandable in your industry. And then for the last 11 weeks or what has it, oh, you're back to normal trading and we can see week by week, month by month, you've gone back to actually pre-monthly level income of 35,000 a month or, or potentially even more. Um, so we go, yeah, we've got enough data to understand that, um, to, to use, to be able to lend to you now. There's no point getting two years ago financials. It's just not relevant. We're in, a, we're in a different game. So what about a business who's only just recently started and doesn't have much of a history? Does that mean that sort of this type of lending is not an option? Uh, no, totally. We can um, help a business that's been trading for a minimum of six months. So mm -hmm. we look at the So six months is enough data for us. And actually, if a business buys a going concern, we can actually look at that business um, trading in that business that's been going uh, for three months. So we can assess it from three months or... A, a new startup from six months and got multiple examples of amazing business that we've been able to help um, from their first lend that go through and top up uh, to um when I'll talk to one now we we, we helped one um, I've got the scenario up so they come in to get 10 grand it was a, a side hustle a business he started in his garage um, and he um, was turning over 12,000 bucks a month at that stage so he come in in July 20. Um, then he come back in September 20, got 15 grand. So his turnover had gone up to 18,000. Then he come back in for another 15 grand, March 21. So his turnover had gone up to 38,000 at that stage. Then he come back um, in July 21. Um, so not just a few months ago, he got an extra 30 grand and his monthly turnover had increased to 53,000 per month. And then he emailed us um, basically uh, in October to say, hey team, Prosper, my, um, I've just hit my first $100,000 sales month, couldn't have done it without you. And in this time since I'd come to you, since you know from July 20, I've also opened a store and looking to open a second and have won a prize um, for, the, for the biggest growth in Shopify 
uh, in that time. Cool. The style of lending is actually helping small business entrepreneurs, side hustlers get bigger faster. Totally. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And so what um, who he's talking about there is, and that's across our portfolio. So 70% of our customers come back for more. So we work with them, we see they're paying down, and, we've, and remembering we've only got short terms. So we're not doing 25-year, 30-year terms. We only do, um, well, from three months out to 36-month terms, but our averages would only be about 12 to 18 months. So when we're working with a customer and they pay down, we can see that, you know, they reach out to them, what's going on in your business, do you need more, more funding, and 70% of the time they come back for more funding. If you listen to this in 2022, this is where in November 2021 in New Zealand, Half the population is in a different alert level lockdown to what we are. I'm in, I'm in the middle of the North Island and who is, is in the, down in the South Island. So what, is, what are some of the challenges that you're seeing every day? Well, we can't ignore the, um, the old lockdowns. So, so that is an ongoing challenge. Really interesting though. So the lockdowns, we've been through multiple. So we've been through four in Auckland. So still in one and still in a, a, um, a form of one. When you go out in Auckland, it doesn't feel like it, but it is. Um, so we've had four lockdowns in Auckland and the first big one, so March last year, um, none of us knew what was going to happen. There was an uncertainty in the market. You know, we didn't know from a risk point of view from our business. Businesses didn't know. So business confidence was really low to borrow. So we did very, we didn't, we never stopped lending though, but we did very little lending between like the end of March through to June. So that was a really quiet period for us. Um, but since then, so as Huey said, we've learnt what those businesses did. And we've learned that by industry. So we can see, you know, a cafe in Rotorua and they're not dependent on the tourism, they're just servicing the locals. We can see that those industries didn't really stop. We can see businesses in Auckland that could, you know, when the butchers and the, anyone could go click and collect, they just bounce back really, really quickly. So we've got that data for those four times. And as Hui said, same in Australia. Um, so pulling that in, so while the pandemic's been a um, hugely challenging environment for everyone, we've learned a lot and businesses have learned a lot. So we've had so many businesses that have gone online, so they've, they've increased their digital capabilities, they're doing click and collects. We had one, one um, business in Queenstown, so it was a, a um, retail business, which would be very dependent on tourists, so tourists coming in. Um, they really struggled. So, you know, the tourists, the borders closed and they didn't have anyone. So they came to us, they borrowed $100,000, went online, and now they distribute globally. So now they distribute New Zealand goods globally and they've, they've shown that they can change. So I won't use pivot, but I'll use adapt. So businesses have to adapt with the environment. But we do regular surveys with our customers and not just limited to our customers, also to small businesses in Australia and New Zealand. Um, our most recent one we did with YouGov, so we did one with uh, YouGov for New Zealand, New Zealand small businesses. And, and lending's always been hard for businesses. It's always been difficult to get credit. So it's not a new, it's not a new um, environment, but it's just getting harder. So 55% of those that last survey said it's just getting harder. So, you know, changes in regulation and credit appetite and unsurety, it gets harder and harder for those people to get funding. And 69% of the younger businesses, so less than five years, and also younger, you know, younger people running those businesses, said they, they can't get lending at all. So outside of businesses like ours or other other businesses with appetites like ours, um, they can't get it because they may, they may not have a security. So then we've also got the housing market crisis, and you've got everything else that's going on. So they might have put all of their all of their efforts and money and anything that they had into their business trying to grow their business. So that's always been a challenge, um, but that's just an environment that's getting harder, which actually comes to some um, opportunities when there's when you've got lenders like us. So we had 55% of those customers again 
said that they missed out on opportunities. So you can go to your bank and a lot of people will go through that process and then six weeks later they've done everything and given their first child and they had to go through that whole thing and they'll either get a yes or a no and then they get a yes. And you know what, that business that I was trying to grow, the one that was you know having problems down the road that I wanted to buy their truck or who has had a fish and chip shop that they had another one a block away, they wanted to set that up that you've lost that opportunity. So you've actually missed out on opportunities because you couldn't get access to funding. I mean, we could talk all day. We <laughs> <laughs> talk all day on scenarios and the stories that we see. <laughs> okay. I'll, I will ask a question now. <laughs> that was awesome. Um, can you provide some examples of things that you think businesses wanting to lend or borrow money for that you think is really not the best idea? And some things, uh, and some things that are probably a better idea for them to think about. Like I'm thinking boats and trucks and things like that, and surfboards <laughs> or whatever. But um, oh. yeah, I'll, I'll let you answer it. <laughs> I mean, the boat and truck is fine if it's going to generate enough income over and top, over and above what you're borrowing it, and if it's in your plan, you know. So I'm not going to go against anyone that wants to buy a boat or truck, and also you know use it to get some get some downtime for themselves, but. Um, I suppose when we're talking about um, when's not a good time to borrow, absolutely, you'd have to reconsider um, if you're trying to borrow money when you don't have a really good grasp of your cash flow um, or, or a really clear line of sight uh, for growth in your business plan um, or, you know, do you even have a business plan? So uh, so definitely that's where I'd say to reconsider. Great examples are exactly what we see every day and it's like that investment and growth. Uh, whether it's for equipment or staff or moving location to more suitable premises or investing in technology to be able to do that click and collect. Um, what we do as well, I mean, we help all those scenarios, but, you know, short-term cash flow land. So, you know, we've got a, a big major company that needs to start a, a, a $15 million project next week and the job that they finished two weeks ago, they're not going to get paid uh, for that until mid-December. So, you still need money to gear up and you might just end up with this cash flow gap and you know good luck for that business to ring their business manager at their bank and and get a temporary overdraft it's almost impossible um it's not just me saying this it's feedback i get regularly from business customers and our partners that we work with and and so as who said so it's that cash flow gap and I'll, I'll refer again to the housing crisis people are buying into property and buying investors, investments. And often people will strip out all their cash flow out of their business to be able to do that. So they might have cash in the business and they'll take it out and then they go, oh shit, I need to, you know, I need to pay the bills or I need to pay the staff. So we can also be that cash flow gap for them when they're actually trying to run their business. We also do tax debt and you know we'll, we'll do a range of things if the if it's viable for the business um, to be able to work with them, which is why we have a risk-based pricing model. So it really depends on the, the strength of the business, the health of the business, um, the use of funds and the industry. So the, our pricing can range so varied um, depending on all of that. Yeah. And actually going back to, just to touch on that again, going back on that technology, our credit decision engine that uses the data points, it's not, um, it's all based on data. So you don't have a person that's making all the decisions that might have read an article this morning that said tracking's Tracking's a bad industry this week, or hospitality is going through the ringer. So, you know, that, those kind of things, when you've got a credit manager and a person making all the decisions, um, there's absolute natural biases that come into play. Um, yeah, our technology doesn't have that all data. 
So what I'm hearing is saying that the data is the data, and if you're talking to a human being, they can have be influenced by situations that they've, they're reading, and, and they could be personalised to that person, which could impact whether or not a business or a side totally. hustle or could, could totally, get money or totally. Totally. All that credit, the, the credit manager might not know what fintech is or might not know what the side hustle is going to grow into because they might not understand that new industry or they might have just been audited by a deal that they got pinged on. Um, and so that those things play. Or they might have had an argument with their kids this morning over trying to do their homework. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? You know, I'm not, I'm not, they're great. But when you've got people making those types of decisions, absolutely, that's also what's, what's, what's there. What do you think the most common reason for a small business entrepreneur or a side hustler is to borrow money for? Outside of the pandemic is um, supply chain. So that supply chain issues that everyone's having. So we're getting a lot of customers that might be selling retail or bringing in parts to build, you know, bikes and things. Um, instead of getting one container, they're getting three. And if, they, if they're if they not going to get the money for that until they start selling their goods. So they come to us quickly and they, you know, they get the money and they can bring in the extra stock and that can help them stay in business but also grow their business so supply yeah. chain's a big thing um and then so another real key thing that's come out of all the lockdowns and the border closures is that support local so we've we've got a lot of people that actually feel a lot more connected with their local when they're you know your local grocery store and butcher and and each other so i think that's a, an awesome outcome of this of this very difficult period as well but we do lending for any reason so we wouldn't have really core trends it depends on what the business is trying to achieve yeah is there a better time in the financial year like a fiscal year to borrow money than another time so my one's i think it's march march whatever it is would it be a bad idea for me to say oh look i need some some capital on the third of march when i know my financial year finishes on the 30th of march does it um, i think i think it really depends on the cycle of your business and what you need the funding for so as you said we, we we regularly look at our businesses and our customers that are coming in and it's something i actually love about the business so it's all real time we're all real time data for us as well we can see the flow of business um it's all in the cloud so you know it's the customers come through and we can see what's happening um the agents can see the bdms the brokers partners that we go through they can see what's happening too they get milestones um but it really depends on what's happening in that business so you can claim back and that's that mixing of personal and business finance so it gets dangerous if someone's using their credit card or their you know their mum and dad or their family family funds because then it's not it's not a fit for purpose product whereas the actual business lending is fit for purpose and you can claim you can claim interest through a tax deductibility um but new zealand new zealand's kind of different than australia and oz you, you can offset things like purchases of assets and things but before the end of the financial years we, we don't really have those those um abilities here we wouldn't recommend lending just to just to lend. You'd have to have a clear set purpose. Have you noticed any changes in small business and entrepreneurs' behaviours in the last sort of eighteen months, specifically from from COVID? Um, yeah, we have. So, <laughs> so as I said, that last that last big lockdown was was um pretty scary for everyone. So, but I think the um, ability to adapt and to learn more about one their own businesses, but then to have a plan. So, you know, if it is retail, so I'm selling I'm selling stock or if I've got my cafe, so that that ability to change, you know, New Zealanders are resilient. And I talk about number eight wire all the time when we talk about customers. I say it to the Australians and I've got no idea what we're talking about. <laughs> What's that? It's like that's what we are resilient, and I think much more so than um than many countries around the world. So we've we've learned that. Um they're more innovative. So I think people are, as Hui said, we've we've had people with a lot of side hustles that become become new businesses. 
we do things like um, like franchises. Someone's already got, so we don't do startups, but if someone's already got a pizza hut and they want to buy another one, um, we'll lend against the existing one. So we're looking at the cash flow of their existing business. So we've got a lot of that. So people are actually growing. Um, people haven't been able to travel, so they've invested a lot in their businesses. So they're, they're um, working, you know, small business owners. And we're not only small business owners. As we said, we go up to 500,000. So that's a large business that's borrowing 500 from us. So that's not just a small one. And again, the surveys that we do, so we had an RFI addressable market survey and 55% of those recent surveyed customers said they're planning on investing in their business. So I think people are trying to look forward. So stop looking backwards, but look forward and focus on the future. Yeah, I think they've also looked, they've had to look, they've, they've leaned out the business too. So really leaned it out and understood what, what drives the business and, and what, what they really need. So that investment in technology is huge. And also um, understanding the the pain point, like your, your staffing. Staffing is a huge issue for, for business purely because the um, job market is so competitive um, out there. So um, they've really had to pair back, pair back a lot of expenses, but also investing in the things that are, are, are helping them to grow. That leads really well into my next question, which is I'm making up a fictitious business. You mentioned that there's 55% of people in the next 12 months who are more than likely to borrow money to, to help move their business forward. So let's say COVID's had negative impacts on businesses, but also COVID's had a lot of positive impacts on businesses as well. So I'm going to focus on a fictitious business that's doing well. And in February, coming up in 2022, they're going to go gangbusters. The revenue's coming in, but they know that they need more staff. What is it? Is it a good option to get the staff now and borrow some money to pay them because you know that the revenue is coming? Or what's is there a tactic that you think would be better to do than that? Yeah, well, as Hui said, staffing is, is tough and it's tough, you know, it's tough globally. So people really are struggling. There's a lot of headhunting going on. There's a lot of everyone talks about the great resignation that's coming. Um, funnily, there's a, they also talk about the great separation. So people are leaving their partners because they've been sitting home with them for 18 months. <laughs> But the great resignation, and it is happening. So, you know, a lot of people who work from home going, oh, actually, I don't want to go back to work. Um, so that investment, so whether that's to get staff or whether that's to, um, we're dealing with a lady in um, Takapuna that's got a restaurant, but she wants to get the shop next door to be able to have some outdoor eating and have some music. So whether it's investing in your business for that time, um, so whether that's staffing, online, um, stock, whatever that is, um, it's that use of funds and then the return on that. So you return on you return on investment into your business. So as I said, we have our, a lot of our customers come back for more money and we can see if they've invested $20,000, said we go up to 500, but our average loan size is still only about $50,000. So trying to get an overdraft or a loan from a bank for $40,000, $50,000 is very difficult. Um, so if they take $50,000, invest in their business, and then we can see time and time again that their revenue has increased and we see it all the time. So it's that return on investment. Oh, he's probably yeah. got some more more relevant more recent examples. Oh yeah, absolutely. And you're right. It's, it's that egg before the chicken, before the egg before the chicken. Um, and that's where that business planning comes into play. And actually knowing your bottom line, knowing your cash flow, and what each what each movement, um, how that's going to generate more income into your business. So absolutely, if employing staff now that you're going to have to pay over Christmas, whether they're going to have a break or not. If, if you can rationalise and cost all that and work out what that's going to generate now leading into February, then do it now. But if it's not going to make sense because of the seasonality of your business um, or the product that you're selling, then then maybe it is you need to wait till January. But 
again, it's having that business plan, that drive, understanding your business in and out and really having a good idea of your cash flow um, and, and where you sit now, which, which goes back again to really separating that, that personal and um, business um, income. It's been, it's been said a number of times throughout our conversation that businesses need to have a cash flow forecast. Do you have any tools or know of any tools that a small business could utilise to um, develop a cash flow forecast? Funny you say that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we don't have it yet, but it's okay. It's coming. <laughs> but there are, there are. I mean, you've got your, you've got your um, zeros, and um, you've got. There's definitely loads and loads of tools out there for business to be able to keep keep a, a, a lid on that. But it's kind of like the. So you get some business that operate and the, and the business owner thinks they have to do everything. They're working six, seven days. You've got all these different hats on and that's where it's in. Is it worthwhile to outsource and get someone who knows what they're doing, you know, in your accounts to make sure that stuff is separated out and you're actually getting paid on time and you're also paying on time? So, or is there, or is there, um, there definitely is um, technology and different um, different apps out there that also can do that for you for whatever industry you're in, you know. Um, and there's so much information out there online uh, within your mentors. Your every business owner has an accountant, um, and business owners tend to mingle with business owners as well. So it's really getting that support from the people around you. We also, um, Craig, we also do a lot of blogs. So we do a lot of educational blogs for business owners. So when it comes up to the end of the um, tax year, end of financial year, we'll have a lot of tips and hits, hints on there. When we went through the big lockdowns, we put on all the, you know, the government links that you could go and get support and all the, all the kind of things that you could do. Um, and a lot of it's, you know, it's not about funding. It's just about how can we help businesses to be able to run their businesses. So we have a range of blogs on our website and um, we send those out to our customers too once we've got them. What is your website domain? Prosper.co.nz. Uh, Prosper, P-R-O-S-P-A. Prosper. We'll make sure that we put the um, the, the links in, in the show notes. To, so if anyone does need to have a look at some of those blogs and get some information to help them out through the lending process, we can definitely do that. Leading into the next few uh, few more questions to go, how do you see the next 18 months sort of playing out for um, small businesses? Um, I think it's it's looking to the future. I think we're all sick of COVID. I think everyone's over it. Everyone's, you know, it's, it's actually quite rare to get a whole conversation. People are talking about the last 18 months now. So I think people are looking forward, um, getting excited about, you know, getting back into business and actually being able to do things, getting excited about the borders being able to open and actually get more, more people chipping into New Zealand. Um, so I think a lot of businesses are looking at that. And um, one of the things you asked before about um, some, some changes that we've seen, and it's definitely something we've seen, is that we're nearly three years old here. And it's that it's that ability or comfort to go digital. So before, so when we're, when we're talking to a customer and how we get that real-time data is we get access to their trading accounts, so it's a digital process. Um, when we started, there wasn't a lot of people doing that and people were, you know, they might have been a bit unsure about it. But because we've been so digital now and, you know, online, Zooms, who is on road? So she goes out and sees advisors throughout New Zealand, whereas a lot of people are now happy to do it like this. They're happy to do it digitally. They're happy to, you know, 
do a FaceTime or to talk through it. So I think there's been a real shift and I think it was coming anyway. I think it is the way of the future, but I think that's been condensed really, really quickly because people are a lot more comfortable because we've all been sitting at home. Um, so I think I think that's a change. I think it's, um, you know, being comfortable with it, getting online, having those abilities to be able to manage a business if anything like this ever happens again. So I don't think people forget what we've been through, but how do we how do we get through it? You got anything else for that, Julia? Same. I think staying lean, um, understanding where the best places are to put their money uh, to keep going and to keep growing and making sure they've got the right people around them to help them on that journey, whether it's your, your staff, uh, your mentors, um, and, and anyone else you look up to in business. Moving through to our last question, and ask the same question to all the guests we've had so far, and I will, because um, it's really valuable. If you could provide one piece of advice, so one each for a small business, what would that be? Oh, I'll go first. Um, so capital makes the world go round. Capital makes you move forward. Capital keeps you going. So one of our one of our um, main main um, slogans in our business is we help businesses so to to run, grow, run, grow, pay. So we actually help businesses to do all those things, but you need capital to be able to do that. So sometimes people are a bit unsure or a bit scared about borrowing, um, but as we've said, if you've got a real reason and you've got a need, then that borrowing can actually help businesses to get to that next level. Yeah, and I'll go, um, I'll say keep that day one startup mentality. Um, and so always looking for innovation, um, always looking to grow, looking for opportunities and don't let legacy or what we've done before can't do that again because it never worked and and, um, and keeping those kind of things out. So that would be my addition. Here we are, Adrian. Thank you very much for your time. It's much appreciated. We'll make sure that you've got Prosper, all the links to make, how you can get in touch with Julio or Adrian and get some business meeting if you need it. But other than that, thank you very much for your time. I hope you both enjoyed it and that we we all do appreciate it. Yeah, it was was a lot of fun. Thanks, Craig. Thanks for the opportunity. Thanks a lot. (laughs) See ya. See ya.